This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. So Lisa, we've had some prior conversations around self-mastery. Um, and the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could share a little more about um, how the Enneagram can be used as a tool for self-mastery and also if you had any stories of people that you've worked with in the past where you really saw this come to life. Yeah, in terms of self-mastery, one of the things that we talk about over and over again in the Enneagram is coming back to the present moment coming back to the body um, and really attending to what, what is going on with me in this moment. And I think that's very powerful. Uh, there's a way that in the Enneagram, we, we ask people to, to accept what's going on um, and not grasping onto it, but okay, so here are some of my issues and can I just, for a moment sit and be with that is is it possible for me to instead of defending against these forces in us can i if i'm the eight of the enneagram and i really want to take control and i really want to you know steamroller this and get things moving is there a way for me to sit with with steamroller and in in that way Do I notice, oh, you know, maybe I don't need to use a tank um, to, you know, uh, walk down the street. Maybe I don't need to use that much energy. You know, maybe I'm overdoing it in that instance. Um, Or, okay, for example, um, I was working with a nine of the Enneagram and this person started to wake up to, oh, you know, this bending over backwards thing that I'm doing when I'm trying to make sure everybody's okay is actually causing, it's, it's a certain, for me to want everything to always be in harmony is a form of tyranny mm-hmm. for other people. And it isn't skillful. And they look at me as though I don't have a backbone. And so this person started to focus on being in their body. Instead of kind of floating up here, they started to come into the body. And with that, they were more able to say, gee, you know, uh, I, I actually do count here. I do have preferences and I know what they are. And then this ability to start to verbalize that because it's so hard for the nines who see everybody's point of view they sort of self-efface and they lose touch with what they want but when they start to claim that again then the, the beauty of their type their kindness their their ability to soothe but at the same time 
to have a boundary uh, makes them pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A really deep understanding and acceptance of, of how you're wired, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I do need to say that this isn't a quick fix program. This is something that, that we, we study that if it speaks to us, we learn it over time. We allow it to percolate. We, we think about it. What works for us, we keep. What doesn't work for us, we don't need to be concerned with. Mm -hmm. um, it is a, it's a tool. And, but it isn't an overnight fix. It isn't a, a quick fix. Right. And I, I know too that when it comes to learning the Enneagram, a lot of people do, you know, are reading books now because there's, there's a lot of writing now on it. However, mm -hmm. the main yeah. tradition of learning it was always oratory. Mm -hmm. So can you speak a little more into why it's important to have a teacher with the Enneagram? It, there are so many levels to the Enneagram. It's a great deal of depth and a great deal of clarity. Um, but I, I think it just, it's, it's something where it helps to have a guide. It helps to have somebody who um, can just offer a, a little bit of objectivity, um, a, a lot of information, um, because people get confused with, for example, here's one, this, is, this one happens over and over again. Women tend to think that they are twos because we, we have more oxytocin. We, we are a little bit more involved in nurturing and bonding. Um, and so the, and, and also the culture demands this of us. It really asks women to go the distance. And so a lot of women think they're twos and then they're like, well, aren't I a two? Because, you know, I'm loving and I'm giving. Um, but boy, I, I, you know, I, I really like to do a lot of things and I like to go a lot of places. And then you start to hear, oh, this person's a seven, not a two. So there are ways that, it, that it's easy to mistype yourself. And so mm -hmm. then you're working on things that maybe aren't core issues. So that's why it helps to have somebody, you know, who's done it for a long time, who spent years reading about it, um, working with people, just because it's a little bit of a shortcut. And, and I think all of us can, can use a guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. Mm -hmm. What about the wings? I mean, I know that's probably mm -hmm. a very in-depth conversation, but can you speak a little into that? I can, and, and I will also uh, do this with a study group because the wings are really interesting. So if you look at the personality types, each of them has a number on either side. And so that's the this concept of wings. And these, these two personality types on either side blend with and influence the, the uh, behaviors of your dominant personality type. So for example, if I'm a three, you know, I'm the achiever, I'm focused and I'm efficient and I'm effective. And um, if I have, let's say there's, there's, there's two wings, there's the two, three with two, and there's three with four. One of those wings will probably be dominant in me. Um, so if I'm three with two, uh, that's, that two is the helper, the giver, and how that informs the, the three is that it tends to make them a lot more, in a way, uh, there's a certain magnetism to three with two, uh, a, a certain um, 
look at me kind of quality that's very inviting, um, very dynamic. Three with four wing, four is, is um, you know, that, that sort of moody, melancholy, serious type. Three with four is more um, business oriented, um, a little bit more muted, not as expansive, um, but sometimes uh, uh, in effect, um, a, a more serious type, if you like. So, so these influences of the wings will influence the, the dominant personality type behavior. Yeah, that is so interesting. I think that really shows how the Enneagram um, really divides, uh, well, it's, it, you, you're not really stuck in generalities. It becomes so, so much more specific to, to your personality when you re realize you have a more dominant wing compared to just, this is how everybody is, you know. Like, well, and I think that, that over time, people notice when they're moving, there's, there's a fluidity to the Enneagram. As, as, you, as you begin to wake up to these, your subconscious mind and your thought stream, and you're going, well, you know, do I, do I need to be this serious if I'm three with four, or can I uh, invite in a little bit more of the type two? Um, is there a way for, for me to live a little bit more balanced between these two wings? Mm -hmm. You know, so we're, we're, we're not just this dominant wing. We, are, we have both wings. So there's this idea of expansion within the Enneagram. But that has a lot to do with being present and a lot to do with being embodied. And it's hard for people because our brains function like this. They spend a lot of time, you know, in Photoshop mode, um, creating a future, right, with Photoshop, yeah. <laughs> or they're in the past in rumination mode, thinking about, well, if I had done this, or God, that was great, why can't I recreate that, or, you know, but neither of those spaces is this present moment, and when I'm embodied in this present moment, let's say, okay, I am, you know, I'm, I, I have this thought about what the future could look like, but if I'm here in this moment, then I am more likely to take steps in this moment that help me to achieve, you know, the Photoshop um, instead of thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in that Photoshop. I'm already there. I don't have to do anything. That's one of the follies of the brain. Um, so it, this, the key thing about the Enneagram is knowing your type, uh, knowing your biggest fear, knowing your biggest desire, knowing some of your obstacles, um, but also this practice of coming back into the body, being here in this moment with whatever is coming up for you mm -hmm. so that you're, you're, you know, you must be present to win, as they say in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We all struggle with that. Yeah. So, so do you, are you, you know, more or less stuck with these personality tendencies that define you or, or can you can you change it this is a great question and, and uh there's something called the levels of development uh and you know as, as a psychologist you, you know this to be true about people um we we have a certain level of psychological health mm -hmm. and 
we tend to stay at a certain station. Sometimes we spiral down, sometimes we spiral up and feel better, but we tend to hang out at a certain level of psychological health. One of the ideas of the Enneagram is to help people to increase their awareness and thereby their level of psychological health. So that when you are in the eye of the hurricane, um, you're not blown away. And that's part of the, the, this continuing practice of coming back to the self and noticing uh, what's happening. What's, the inner, what's my inner dialogue? Um, what, what are some of the layers below that? that are kind of running this show and do they need to continue to do that? So it's a continual process of, of awakening and we do shift based on our level of psychological health. I think the word that I would probably use would be self-regulation. I like I that. The more that we yeah. learn how to self-regulate mm -hmm. our stress mm -hmm. or what what we're encountering um our experiences help to develop um our resiliency developing more grit which then thus develops increased self-regulation skills and yeah. so i think as i'm as i'm hearing you talk about like where you are with um your psychological health like the more psychologically healthy you are the more self-regulated you are mm -hmm. yes and and those tools can be learned Self-regulating yeah, tools yeah. can be learned, and it, it's a—it's kind of like exercising a muscle, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you share a little more about just the spiritual history of the Enneagram? Okay, so the history of the Enneagram, um, and especially the spiritual history of the Enneagram, a lot of it isn't really known. And the reason it isn't known is because um, 2,500 years ago, nobody wrote things down except the Greeks. So <laughs> they documented the Enneagram. Pythagoras used it in his mathematical theorems. Um, and we see the symbol showing up over and over again. But the, the ancient past of the Enneagram, we don't have a lot of information on. We know that it shows up in, in certain traditions. We don't know exactly how it shows up. One of the places it shows up in a mystical tradition is with uh, Gurdjieff, who is this uh, Armenian Russian uh, mystic. And in the uh, late 19th and early 20th century, he was using the Enneagram symbol and he understood the patterns of these different types. And he spent a lot of time of his time trying to break people of their, their trance or their patterns. Um, and he was an aide of the Enneagram. And so his methodology was a, a little uh, extreme, let's say. Sounds like it. <laughs> For example, he has like people, I don't know, like out in the sun digging holes for eight hours and then at the end of it it's like okay now fill it back up kind of thing oh wow <laughs> yeah 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 and and so he and and he was using the the enneagram diagram itself and he would would he would uh have people walk it and then he he had this 
series of, of exercises that you would do where you would, would be just in your body trying to remember what's the, the, the uh, sequence of this um, as a means of being more present. Mm. So, and, and this, uh, this uh, ideology he started, you know, in the Middle East, it went to Paris, um, it kind of caught on in the upper echelons with Madame Blavatsky and with Theosophy. So there's that whole history of it. Then there's a, uh, a history of, of um, uh, Catholic priests who uh, worked on the Enneagram and added their insight to it and tying it to the seven deadly sins, which has been expanded in the Enneagram realm, realm to the the nine deadly sins, which are called the passions, but it isn't like a passion of the heart. It's more like a, an emotional um, movement that, yeah, that, that is, that's, that if you're obsessive about it is unhealthy to you. So there are, it's a, the Enneagram is kind of a, a, a shadow tool, if you like, in, in union terms. So you're, you're sort of looking at your shadow side, you're meeting that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we also uh, try to develop a great deal of self-acceptance and compassion in this work. Um, so that's kind of a, a short uh, description of, of that mystical uh, spiritual connection that the Enneagram has. And there, in Wisdom of the Enneagram, uh, there's, there's more information about it. But as I've said, what we really focus on today is the power of, of the, the psychological tool and some of the spiritual tools um, that we are currently using. Meditation, yoga, uh, our spiritual traditions, those kinds of things. Hmm. Well, I'm just so excited about the, the study group that we are about to hold because this is just a, a, a taste of everything that we're going to be delving into and, and even more so. So to have the opportunity to work with students for 10 months um, with meeting one time a month and really exploring that within ourselves and then doing some of our own homework and inner work. I'm just really excited for the students. I'm so excited too. <laughs> I can't wait. And I'm so excited to be there and learning from you as well, Lisa. This is just oh. such a, a, a great opportunity to, to be on the personal growth journey. Thank Perfect you so much. Um, I, I'm grateful. I'm truly grateful to have met you, um, to have this opportunity. Um, and I'm equally excited to uh, be involved in this with you and, and I'm excited about the synergy of, of what's going to happen with our class.